systems are offline. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. The Pat and AJ Podcast. Well, because they got great banter. They jib-jab. Jib-jab, jib-jab, jib-jab. Pat and AJ. I feel like the conversation we've been having in the last five minutes is a lot more interesting than the shit they're talking about on the radio. Just moronic commentary and stupid sound effects, and it's just dumb. It doesn't make any sense. It's the Pat and AJ Podcast. Tell me you aren't lucky that... The snake pooped while I'm still here on the mainland. Thank God. And so I can clean my snake's poop before I leave. How do you clean the poop out of his cage without him, like, swallowing your arm? Uh, One, he's not big enough to swallow my arm. (laughs) Two. He's big enough to swallow a full-size rat. Medium-sized rat. Gross. Two. You just go in there and you you clean it up. He's chilling right now. He does eight. He's relaxed. He's like your uh, Uncle Mike on Thanksgiving. After uh, you, you ate, then <laughs> Uncle Mike just sits there, and you could literally balance a bottle of Jack Daniels on Uncle Mike's head because he's so like lethargic. That's where my snake is right That's now. That's actually that would be my Uncle Blaine. Okay. Well, he was Uncle always Blaine. the one to take naps after uh, we there ate. You go. So the same way Uncle Blaine's like, I'm not moving for nobody right now. The snake ate, and he's like, I'm not moving for nobody. Go clean up my poo. You can clean it up. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pat and AJ podcast. We are here for the eighth installment. Of the podcast, through the magic of time travel, you are listening to this while myself, Pat, is now living on the big island of Hawaii, and AJ is still in the mitten state of Michigan, and you're listening somewhere, somehow, some way. but thank you for being here regardless. How are you, AJ? Good. How are you? Tomorrow's when I leave, as we're recording this, AJ's really nervous about it and she doesn't want to let her eh. she, doesn't, she doesn't want to let her no, slip show it's not the nervous is not the word anxious um no i'm not even really anxious i just we just got to get you out of here because okay. like i know it's coming and it sucks so you just need to leave <laughs> it's like ripping the band-aid off yeah exactly it's kind of like the uh like like um it's like summer camp you ever go to summer camp I went to I went to um, Christian summer camp. Oh boy! Well, every then, year. Well, then this next question won't um, <laughs> relate to you. But if you ever went to summer camp, do you ever have a crush at summer camp? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And you knew that it was all going to go poof on a certain day. Yep. Everyone's going back to wherever they're going to. Yep. That's what I feel like tomorrow is that's what it is so we have the poof date so yes us kids at jesus summer camp had crushes on each other too (laughs) i only went to one round of any kind of a summer camp and my great aunt helen won it at some kind of an avon (laughs) ladies because she was an avon lady yeah and it was like probably one of those prizes they gave away and she won it but is that what they give away with Avon? Because, like, with Mary Kay, you get, like, a pink car. I don't know what it was. <laughs> but there were certain items she'd pawn off on me because I, I was, like, the little boy next door to her. So I remember getting, like, a Michael Jordan watch once. Well, yeah, what the hell is she going to do with the trip to summer camp? <laughs> and she got this summer camp package, and her grandkids at that point were, like, babies, and they lived in California. Yeah, they weren't going to use it. So it, it, it ended up going to me. Sweet. And I, I went to this summer camp, and, of course, you get a little crush. You get a little some, someone you like catches your eye. But you know camp is over on this yep. day. And, of course, to remind me all that, that decades-old heartbreak, I did just find pictures from that summer camp trip did recently. You really? Yeah, I did. It's cute. Thank you for going through all my mom stuff. That's what I've been doing before I leave tomorrow. We have completed the goal, by the way. Yes. AJ. Goals are completed. Goals are completed. We have gone through all the 
the uh, boxes that you wanted to go through? Do you feel sufficient now that I'm leaving for the Big Island? Do you feel like I didn't leave you in a lurch? Uh, yeah, I do want you to go through those two suitcases okay. of your mom's, though, because I know there's paperwork in there, and I don't think it's important, but how the hell would I know, and yeah. I don't want to have to figure it so out. we got like six, seven hours till I have to go to sleep. Yeah. So within these six, seven hours. We can manage. We can you want me to go happen. through two suitcases. And then that's it. You feel good? Yeah, I feel good about that. Okay, because I packed up all my DJ equipment. We had to talk about the uh, what we call the death bag. We got this... Um, it's the funeral bag. No, we call it the death bag. Yeah, but it's the funeral bag. I you know. get it from the funeral home. It's got the funeral home like logo on it. Swag, baby. Who doesn't want funeral home swag? Can we talk about how that funeral home had more stuff to give away than any radio station we ever worked at? Because one's <laughs> actually still a profitable business. <laughs> I'm going to send my kid back to school with his brand new funeral home (laughs) swag swag bag. bag. (laughs) Take this. Um, Yeah, that's the last thing. But I think that's all like funeral centric stuff. And she's she's been in the ground for three years now. So I think that bag is null and void. I don't feel like we need any more death certificates. No, I sent out thank you cards cards. three years ago. No more prayer cards. We're good. We're good to go. So that's uh, the magic. So, So from this point on, though, from this point on, Everything that you hear on the Pat and AJ podcast is going to be like a simultaneous record. I'll be in Hawaii on the Big Island, and AJ will be here in Michigan. Yes. And we'll be connecting through the magic. I'm not going to lie. I'm surprised that you didn't want some sort of Michigan-centric food tonight for your last Michigan meal. Um, I don't know. It's like you're on death row. (laughs) What do you want for your last meal? Well, I've done this so many times where you pack up and leave a city. And there's a few things that um, still apply. One is you go on pointless drives. Now, today it doesn't really apply in Michigan because it's it's snowing. But uh, up until the snowstorm hit, and you can ask AJ, I started to go on pointless drives. I thought he was cheating on me, y'all. Like he, (laughs) I'd be like, where are you? And he's like... Driving around watching the sunset. It looks I'm so like, beautiful. I'm it's like, like pink. bullshit. It's like that that winter pink. No, but no, it was beautiful. I've done this multiple times. Um, no, I did that in the last city we lived in. Yeah, but we left during the summer, so it was a lot easier Different. to do it. Yeah. So as soon as you get an inkling that that you're taking off, you do tend to just kind of look around more, soak more up. Yeah, you get kind of nostalgic. So that's what I've been doing the last couple of weeks. It's so weird because for the longest time we. All of us, my, Pat, myself, and our son have said that we feel like we just moved here yeah. to Michigan. and that's Six, that, seven years, right? Seven, almost seven years now. And I said, I still feel like, I mean, I feel like I'm new, but I know I'm not. But it's it's very strange to feel like you just got here and now we're leaving. Sure. It's really, listen, Michigan, ain't nothing personal. If the winters weren't so freaking awful here, we would stay. We love Michigan. We really do. But I got asthma and sinus problems that are not getting better as I get older. I always thought that was a myth that people like move to warmer climates because of health problems. Yeah. Like I, that, I, I'm like, I, that's I just an excuse to get out of Dodge. It you was know? Arizona always. Yeah. That, that seemed to be where it's people the dry moved. heat. Yeah. Like, like folks would say, oh, oh, for my health, we moved to Arizona. And I thought they were something like, hold on, is the fountain of youth in Arizona? <laughs> but what if we said, we said if, if. If we move to Hawaii and yeah. we get like island fever, it just doesn't work out, or we, we want to come back to the mainland, where have we said we Arizona. would move? Arizona. Yeah. Like we won't come back to the Midwest. It's a little bit less crazy in Nevada, okay? And, yeah. and a way less uptight Utah. 
I want to go to. I want to move to Reno and just walk around and uh, ask where uh, the the go. sheriffs are. There she is. With, <laughs> Where's Deputy Weigel? With another 15 year old TV reference. I've I've watched so That's much. Our friend AJ. So much old TV. Since I was going to say, yeah. Started. Now that now that and, and, and to kind of circle back to your answer, how come I don't want some kind of staple Michigan? I thought um, for food, sure you would want Jets pizza Jets or something. Because um, the last year. That's all we've been doing. All we've been doing <laughs> is eating our favorite pure Michigan foods yeah. on repeat, and it's been delivered to our door because of the pandemic. Yeah. So the novelty's gone. I kind of had my fill. Like, I'm good. To be honest, AJ's making me her meatloaf. I like her meatloaf. That's something but I won't I, be able to replicate. I think we said that when we were in Hawaii over Christmas. Just be, like you're eating habits change because it's so much warmer there yeah you don't use heavy well yeah it's just like during the summer in michigan you're not gonna eat a meatloaf like that's a winter comfort food so i guess i I would say i can make that meatloaf for you in hawaii but we're not gonna want it out there so yeah that's uh, like you know i think i'll make you the loaf my my uncle david's meatloaf i've done my binge of foods over the past year and now it's time to uh, get up and go that's what we're doing all right so the get up and go, got some go, patandaj.com for everything. Good news on the way. Hang on. Ooh, your burp smells. <laughs> oh, it feels good. The good news with Pat and AJ. There's actually some great news out of this whole GameStop fiasco. What? Aside from the fact that a bunch of billionaires lost some money. Now we shouldn't be celebrating people losing money. GameStonk. Jaden Carr. <laughs> was a GameStop shareholder way before all of this happened. Before it was cool. So like an actual, I believe in this company. Yeah, but he's he's 10 years old. And I want to invest my money in GameStop. So his mom, Nina, bought him 10 shares of stock in GameStop in 2019 as a Kwanzaa present because she wanted to teach him about investing. Not a bad lesson to start teaching at a young age. His dad died in 2014, so mom wanted to make sure... That he is, he understands finances, understands money, all that stuff. So she bought him these shares. He loves video games, so this was a great choice. Um, well, she bought him for $60. Give it to me, mama. Printed out a stock certificate, which she framed and gift wrapped. He actually said, well, mom, I wanted an Xbox One, but this is cool too. <laughs> He's like, yeah, thanks for the lesson on Wall Street, mom, but can I play with something? So he sold his stock. Go ahead. He made $3,200. Now you can buy a PS5 and reinvest the rest of the money. So it was his first stock. He sold for $320 a share. Nice. And now his mom is teaching him about investing, saving, credit card debt, all of those things that we should have learned in school and didn't and all fucked up afterwards and and drowned ourselves in a bunch of debt. I was going to say, if there's one lesson that I wish would have been taught to me, it was just like this about finances. And she said, listen, we're African-American. You don't see a lot of this in our community. I wanted to give him a step up when it comes to learning these things because I learned it later in life and wish I had known sooner. She said, he is my legacy. I have to make sure he is prepared for the future. He's putting $2,000 in a savings account and plans to invest the other $1,000. He wants to buy shares in Microsoft and Roblox. Dodgecoin. Dodgecoin. That's the next one. I just absolutely love it. That attend, And you should see him. He's so proud of these stocks. Like, I, you, I didn't know what a stock was when I was 10 years old. I thought that's the stuff my mom used to make soup. This is great. 
Congratulations. That's a Kwanzaa present that keeps on giving. I was going to say, good for you. <laughs> the good news is always up at patandaj.com. You guys make me feel good. Spread the good news now at patandaj.com. So this is all what happens when you are paring down your stuff because you're getting ready to move to the big island of Hawaii. And listen, I had to kind of go through the personal stuff for me because, as we all know, by now, through the magic of time, I'm already living in Kailua, Kona. New, 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 new. <laughs> um, but I had to take care of things back in Michigan before I left. And one was, AJ, you said, go through your stuff, specifically yeah. my stuff, my mom's stuff, buy products of my family because you don't want to have to be no. faced with calling me, texting me, saying, no. what do you think about this? What do you think about that? So because of that, I have been able to unearth some relics from my past. And back in my day, because I am 42 years old, so this predates digital communication, when you wanted to leave a lasting impression, you didn't send out a tweet, nor an Instagram, you wrote a letter. Whether the letter was to babies or to a 10-year-old, I was 10 on, for this one, my family, we, we wrote letters. And you kept them, too. <laughs> and apparently we kept them. So these are Some letters. Of these letters are 30 years old. These are letters uh, from my from my past, but they're written to me, okay? And this is pure insanity. I'm I'm shocked I wasn't taken away uh, I think from the state. We've established that. Pat's mom was mentally ill Holy for most smokes. of his life, and we, we're pretty oh, sure we he We haven't should... even got to her. Yeah. We're, still, we're with the aunts and uncles. Don't even get oh, to the God. core yet. What are you talking who they, about? Who would they have given you to then? <laughs> Again, much like uh, we've had to put a warning on things before, we will be discussing... Some precious characters. What are you talking about? Get the kids out of the room. There. You've been warned again. Get the kids out of the room. April 3rd, 1988. This is from my Aunt B. <gasps> Shit, I know what this is. I know what this is. <laughs> this, this is, is this, this is a fabled this, letter. This I didn't think it existed. Is from my Aunt B. Of course, she was my great Aunt B. She was also my lesbian great auntie, but I didn't figure that out till like after she was dead and I was in my mid twenties. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't seriously didn't figure out that his aunts were not roommates, but lesbians till he was in his thirties. It, it was very strange. Uh, oh my god! Oh my god! I know what this is. Read it. Dated April third, nineteen eighty eight. This came along with an Easter basket oh, that god. my great auntie would drop off every single year at all the nieces and nephews. Did it have peeps in it? Those are so gross. And the cheap ones always had peeps. She had no kids of her own. So it was kind of a time-honored tradition that Aunt B and Aunt Iris would show up, and they would hook you oh, up, yeah, by the course. way. Oh, my I would, God. These would be super-sized read baskets. This, read it. I, I'm dying to hear this because I knew this letter existed, but I didn't think it was actually, like, physically in our house. Dear Patrick, now that you're going to be 10 years old, this year, all good things must come to an end. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Easter Bunny... Stops coming. It means you're all grown up and getting older. <laughs> so enjoy this day. I didn't buy everything, but there's a little candy and a little bit of money. So you can buy something that you'd like yourself. It was fun while it lasted. So please don't tell the smaller kids who the Easter Bunny is. So they'll know it. So they'll have to wait. Oh, hold on. So they'll know that they'll find out at 10 years old, too. Wait, is that like the magic number you're supposed Basically to tell your 10. children? That's st I still find that to be a skosh young. 
Uh, I mean, that's like right on the border. And then it kind of says like someone will tell them in their family like I did to you. So oh, this is okay? how you this is how you found out. Love always and B. Uh, and that was... That's how you found out. That's how I found out that the Easter Bunny wasn't real. That's terrible. I mean, you know, not that, like, obviously I knew that my Aunt B and Aunt Iris were the ones bringing me the Easter basket. Because, I mean, you know, it was like Santa. They literally came with a fucking garbage bag full of shit. Yeah, it was amazing. when did Easter become, like, a gift-giving? That, that, it's, it was, got, it's gotten yeah. so insane. Oh, they were the only ones that did it. Like, my mom did candy, Grandma did candy, but my Aunt B and Aunt Iris, they'd come through. It's so strange, though, that your aunts... Yeah. Because, like you said, they didn't have any kids of their own. Yeah, no, no, no. That's fine. But like, like you said, like I knew I got stuff from the quote unquote Easter Bunny, and then when we went to my grandma's house later that afternoon, she would have a basket for all the grandkids. Exactly. And I knew that wasn't from quote unquote the Easter Bunny. It was from my grandma. I just cannot believe she wrote you a letter and outed the Easter Bunny. So that's heartbreaking. I, I don't know why she took it upon herself to do that, but it. Did listen, she tell you? Oh, we listen, can ask your mom. She's dead. My mom's dead. <laughs> Aunt Iris passed away. Aunt B passed away. I mean, we maybe get a hold of my uh, my uh, godmother. Oh, Debbie, she I, won't know. That's because I she probably now, doesn't even know that letter exists. Hold on, you're thinking can the letters get any better? Why, yes, they can, <laughs> boys and girls. We're moving on now to a letter from my father. Hang on, what's on the back of that? By the way, I don't know. Is that of, like is that teeth? It's like a dental chart. This is like <laughs> when I die and I end up on Dateline. This I is what say- you guys use to identify me. Okay. <laughs> This letter is dated uh, the 17th of April, 1979. Holy hell, you were a year old. It is from my father. Isn't this when your parents got divorced, too? Uh, let's let's read into the letter and see what oh we can... Oh, my God. Karnak, go ahead and listen up. Patrick, you just passed your 10th month birthday. And already you are quite a little man. Oh, you really enjoy it when I rough it up with you. Oh. <laughs> Box and play airborne. I assume, is that airplane? Is yeah. That... yeah okay. I'm, sure that, I'm sure it is. You and your mother are in Chicago now for a little visit. I'm 10 months old and I'm already... So he was still in Kentucky. He was in Fort Knox. He was yeah. in the Army. He was in the service. And you guys went to Chicago probably to visit your grandparents. That's what they tell me. So It was a long visit. It lasted about 40 years. <laughs> I hope you and your mother are enjoying yourself. I cannot believe that when you are here, I get mad over you spilling ashtrays. <laughs> Can we backtrack real quick? Yes, he was smoking ahead. around you. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. Just this in is hindsight. 19, this is 1979. I'm surprised any of okay. us have lungs after how much smoke they, we all inhaled as babies and children. They congratulated a baby by giving the baby a cigarette, okay? <laughs> Gave the baby a cigar, too. So they did. Here, congrats for being here, kid. <laughs> I cannot believe that when you were here, I get mad over you spilling ashtrays, pulling things off shelves, or you're crying. And your mother's actions as well. <laughs> but when the two of you are gone, I miss you both very much. That's so sweet. And that's what I said. I said, boy, if there's not a dude out there who does can relate to that. Relate to that. That, like, you have a 10-month-old... And holy shit, it's a whole new game. You're and, exhausted. Yeah. Your your relationship with your significant other is yeah. different. Like now, now she's all stressed yeah, out. Everybody's tired. And you're like, Ugh. but then when they're gone, you sit there and you're like, well, kind of boring. Kudos to your dad for actually putting that on paper because most said. guys would just swallow their pride yeah. and be like, Ugh. I am sure that in the future 
you will cause us some grief. <laughs> if they only knew. <laughs> Bad school grades or your first car accident. But that is just a part of growing up. If I happen to yell or spank you, that's part of growing up also. Remember to you work. Get spanked? Uh, not from him. I got uh, like beat up once by my godfather because my mom called him in. Well, you were being a pain in the ass. <laughs> I'm but surprised she called your godfather and not the cops. Listen, li- no, she called the cops. Oh. That's why she called. She wanted the cops just to kick my ass. And they wouldn't. And they wouldn't. So you, she called your godfather. So she called my godfather. <laughs> he kicked my ass and then CPS got involved. So remember, <laughs> kick your kid's ass. But apparently, I mean, or don't. I don't oh, know. Or don't kick your kid's ass. No, do not. I did have CPS show up. That was awesome. Anyways, before we get to more of Pat's childhood traumas. If I happen to yell or spank you, remember that's part of growing up also. Remember to work hard at everything you do. You were not put here to lie around. That's why we were given brains and muscle. Be the best at everything you do. Not as good as everybody else, but as good as you can be. That is so sweet. Use your intelligence. Do not let it lie idle. Think. Remember to keep your pride and self-esteem, but not to hold yourself over others. Mm-hmm. Love Mother Nature, her creatures, and green plants. Oh, he loves the green plants. I love the green plants. <laughs> they were put here for us to the enjoy. ones you know, especially. <laughs> they were put here for us to enjoy, not to destroy. Do what you can to preserve nature and improve it. Never try to change it. Love animals. Never hurt an innocent creature out of fun or meanness. Oh. They are just poor animals without the ability to fight back or help themselves. Keep a soft spot in your heart for the poor kids who are hungry or cold and oppressed or even picked on. Never be a bully. Above all, love and care for your mother. If something happens to me, you will have to care for her. She may drive you insane at times. (laughs) Understatement of Mm -hmm. 1979. (laughs) But always remember that no one could ever love a child as much as she loves you, your father. God, that is so That's sweet. crazy. You guys just have to understand that, like, when I one. By the way, that was written by a Donald Trump voting Republican, by the way. I, I, I want you to know that first off. From a rural Iowan, yeah. Republican to the bone, wrote that love letter to nature. Yeah. And to fairness. Don't be a bully. Don't be a bully. So just, you know. I, when I met Pat, he told me, I said, I have no relationship with my father. And basically what happened is his dad left when he was one, which was yeah about two months after he wrote that letter. That letter, I mean, by listen, the way, is an absolute farewell letter is this, what that yeah, is. This is in, in because he, he was obviously cheating on your mom. And now, of course, speaking of mental illness, yes, boys and girls, we move on now to a letter from my mother. Oh, no. That's right. My mother had mental illness before mental illness was cool. Bipolar before you were a rock and roller. Lithium before it was a song. <laughs> it was. My mom was a uh, uh, a uh, bipolar type two. Sometimes back then they called it manic depressive. Uh, and she wrote me a letter on October 12th, 1978. So I am 
You're a few months old. You're like six months old. Listen to this. Oh, God. Because remember, you got my... I'm scared of this. You've got my aunt who already has told me about the Easter Bunny uh, not being real. Thanks, Aunt Iris. (laughs) Or Aunt B. Which one was it? It Thanks, Aunt B. Aunt, Aunt B wrote it, but, you know, they're both in on that together. Here comes one from my mom. Wait till you uh, uh, get the political message that she slips into this. You're, Pat was six months old when she wrote this. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Let's go. And and you got to think about the timing. And I want you to bring up the court case. You know the court case. Bring it up because I want to know the time of it when this is done. Because I guarantee it all matches up. A mother's message to the child. This is from a baby book. October 12, 1978. You're now 19 weeks old. Four months. I can't believe how fast time is flown. You're a real smiler now and chatterer. You haven't been. I'm shocked. Pat was chatty even as a four month old. <laughs> you haven't been taking your PM nap since you came back from Chicago six weeks ago. <gasps> You're regressing. Can Sleep we, regression. By the way, can we talk about that? I'm four months old. They already got rid of me like for a couple of months. Yeah, you went to Chicago to see your grandparents, like, probably for the like, first time. Like, oh my gosh, that, that's crazy that I was four months old and I'd already like gone to Chicago and, come back. and, and like come back. And apparently I stopped taking my PM nap. Oops. That time sucks. <laughs> so she says, you're not taking your PM nap since you came back from Chicago six weeks ago, but I'm still trying. Every time I look at you, I can't believe. That some mother can destroy something so beautiful. Oh, there we go. There it is. Such as a baby when it is growing inside of them. I truly believe now it is murder. Murder is underlined with an exclamation point. That was 1973, by the way. That court case. So this is five years after yep. Roe v. Wade. But we're still like 70s is still prime. Oh, yeah. And my mom was like Catholic to the bone and the catholic church took the the abortion thing kind of personal apparently my mother thought it was a good idea to include this to a (laughs) a four-month-old baby let me tell you baby trying to shape your uh, political opinions at four months old about it in indoctrination (laughs) my mom was trying to indoctrinate me not only to the church and their views but when i was a baby she was sending me her views jesus christ it's like sean hannity before they were sean hannity (laughs) I am forever grateful that God allowed me to become your parent. I consider it an honor and a great responsibility. You were clearly a baby when she wrote this. (laughs) I only hope that you do not waste your God-given talents in the life of a podcaster. (laughs) In the life of... Uh, that is out before you now. May God bless you. In his name we pray. Along the way. Amen. Many times. Love, mom. I feel like I gotta be all Catholic and like do the sign of the cross after that. That's intense. You see that? So how do you feel about it? By by the way, written from a conservative Democratic voting Catholic woman. There you go. How did your mom and dad get along at all? No idea. My uh, my parents met when uh, my dad was going to optometry school in Chicago. 
I don't really know the specifics of how. I can ask him next time we uh, speak. But I know uh, shortly after that, like you did back then, you got engaged quickly and married quickly. And to be honest with you, I think before he realized it, my dad was in with a mentally ill woman. Who had never really at that point Listen, it's easy. Been taken care of. Well, no, you're right. So now, but here's. Your mom was institutionalized when you were two. No, she was not taken care of. Yeah, but this is like pre that. So that's what I'm saying. This was, this is before people understood how to deal with mental illness. Like, how do you, stop for a second. How do you feel about those letters? How do I, um, they're insane. (laughs) They're all insane. Every single one's insane. One from my aunt B in Ann Iris. As much as I appreciate the blunt nature. <laughs> By the way, I wish they would have been this blunt when they uh, gave me the same talk about Jesus. You know, it's like, how hold on the Easter bunny. But the other one. Okay. So forget about the Easter bunny letter. I want to hear, I want to know how you feel about the letters from your parents. Because you do, you never had a nuclear family. Yeah, no, this is like, I mean, this is obviously part- Just a preface, just a preface, and I'm not even going to go into the rest of it. Yeah. Um, Pat's dad left his mom when he was one year old. They got divorced. She was institutionalized when he was two years old. They then went to live with his grandparents. Yeah. Until you were what? Like 12? 12. 12. And then she went and got her own house. Yeah. But she was still- bipolar this entire time. Yeah, so, she was medicated. My mom, I mean, listen. Not this, well. The same way, but I mean. For the time, yes, for the time. But yeah, I've got to tell you, as someone now who's going into case management with folks who are dealing with mental illness, if I could get a client that I could get medicated and have keep a job and show up, yeah, that's a fucking win. So how do you feel about those letters? They're insane. What do you mean? They're nutty. What are you well, talking yeah. about? They're fucking crazy. I mean, who I, writes this shit to a baby? <laughs> but not I, even. Hold on. Take the one from my from my my great aunt B. Tell me that Easter Bunny's not real. Take that one aside. Besides, what the fuck is that about? Those are clearly out of a baby book. You These can are tell. out of a baby book, and I'm reading. That's them. why there's a teeth graph on the back. My dad's one is clearly a sorry. I fucked this up, and I get that because yeah. I because because I almost fucked up our family. I get that. Yeah. I was I was super close to screwing up this, and I was super close to having to write something just like this many times to Dylan, and say, "Hey, I may not always be there." I mean, I'm I'm Pat's second wife, so yeah. So as much as you despised now, his actions, he was very close to turning into him too. Now my my mom, one, I love. There's six months difference in the letters, so that's how long it took her ragging on my dad to write the letter. <laughs> And he wrote it when we were gone. Notice but that. But I think it's good that he he clearly missed you guys. I mean, it's so clear. Oh, it's so un- I'm it's- glad he waited till you were gone. I get it. I get it. Um, my mom's letter is just, I mean, it is, it's my it's your mom. mom. It's yeah. my, I've, I've. I can hear her saying yes, all I've of that. I've never more in my life heard, uh, uh, you know, like my mom come out in a letter. And even when she's talking to a four month old baby, it goes quickly from, oh, You've grown up to just talking like a person. To, oh, you went to Chicago. Now you're not napping. I'm Anyways, abortion she, is murder. I, I'm surprised she didn't slip a fat joke in there. You like, know, like that's just she, how my mom was. She commented on Pat's weight, like on his wet on our wedding day. I'm surprised she didn't say you have a few too many rolls at four months old. <laughs> 
So, you know, I mean, this is just very, uh, I don't know. This is just, that, that's my mom in a nutshell. And I just love the fact that she she, she gets a pro-life dig in in the middle <laughs> to, a four to a four-month-old baby saying, hey, hey, just so you know, you're you're one of the lucky ones. Okay. <laughs> All right. You're lucky that I wasn't, you're lucky I, I wasn't like some of those Lutherans down the block. <laughs> Maybe you wouldn't be here, baby. Oh, God. So, baby, I, I want you to, to thank me. Thank me, baby, for not aborting you. That's what she wanted me to say. <laughs> so they were great. Thank you for walking down uh, memory lane with me. This is what happens when you're moving halfway around the world and you're purging yourself of items. Let's take it back, take it back down memory lane. So uh, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Now I throw away all this stuff. The Pat and AJ Podcast Network is available on all your favorite audio platforms. Subscribe today. Follow Pat and AJ on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook now at Pat and AJ. PatandAJ.com. Support the Pat and AJ Podcast Network today by donating on Venmo or Cash App. Powered by the people. The Pat and AJ Podcast.